climate justice is collective liberation. We cannot do this without everyone participating. Hi there, welcome to Everyday Climate Champions, where we speak with community members here in the San Francisco Bay Area about how they're putting real climate solutions into action. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me, Sean Mendelson, your host for this episode of Everyday Climate Champions. Today's topic, innovation and equity in the climate movement. As we transition to a more climate-safe world in the future, it's super important to think about how we can include all voices in the process. All groups need to be represented fairly during the climate transition, so it's relevant to hear a variety of perspectives that can help shape a better future for humanity. We are talking with Aditi Anand, a 16-year-old student from San Jose, who is a member of Sunrise Movement, a youth movement to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process, as well as a climate innovator with the Civics Unplugged Fellowship. She's particularly invested in climate justice, the notion that we need to recognize and address how the effects of climate change are often disproportionate to black, indigenous, and other communities of color, as well as marginalized frontline communities. This is especially true in respect to public health and socioeconomic dynamics. Advocates, such as Aditi, strive to have these inequities addressed head-on through long-term strategies. We acknowledge the indigenous people of the land we interview her from today in San Jose, the Tam Yen Nation. Thanks for joining me as our guest today, Aditi. Thank you. It's so great to be here today. Your journey towards being a climate activist started in 2015 when you were just eight. Can you explain what happened across the globe in the city of Chennai in India? Sure, yeah. So Chennai, which is the southernmost state of Tamil Nadu's capital in India, was flooded in 2015. There were constant rains and a significant portion of the city was underwater by the end of the flooding season. My parents were born and raised in Chennai, and even long after they had moved to the USA and settled comfortably in Missouri and later in California, which is where I live now, my paternal grandparents still resided in the same house that my dad grew up in. I visited post-flooding. I could see the water marks halfway up through the walls. My grandparents had to go stay with the people who lived above them. I was too young to truly understand the meaning and the gravity of the situation, let alone the fact that a lot of the conditions were exacerbated by climate change. But as I grew up and I encountered more climate disasters in my own life, I slowly started to realize that this was not something that was going to let anyone go. And then later, actually 2020, the California wildfire season was so strong that my family had to evacuate as well. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many communities that have it so much worse because they live in the global south or in places that are already harmed by pollution and oil companies. And it just gets worse for everyone. So I think that's really a defining moment for me because it was what kind of kickstarted my interest in climate advocacy. As a teenage climate activist, what is it like balancing your school life with activism? It's definitely difficult, especially as a high schooler and I'm also taking college courses at a community college. It's been a lot of work to find a way to do both what I love and what I feel is important, as well as get me places in my career. 
I'm the hub coordinator for Sunrise Silicon Valley, which means that there really is like no one who's going to tell me to get the things done, send these emails, reach out to these people. That has been a learning curve for sure. I understand what it's like to not have the time to do a lot, but at the same time, things don't get done unless you make an effort yourself and unless you find a way to balance school and advocacy. I can't thank you enough for making yourself accountable at such a young age to have the maturity and the motivation to want to help out. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about innovation in the climate change movement because you're also involved in a program called the Civics Unplugged Fellowship, a group that emphasizes the innovative ideas to solve climate change. I read it also places graduates in internships with sustainability leaders. Can you tell us more about your affiliation with this group and maybe some thoughts on the other young people associated with the group? Sure, yeah. So this spring, I applied and was accepted to the Civics Unplugged Climate Innovators Fellowship, which is a group of young people across the United States who are going to participate in an in-depth exploration of the markets, technologies, and policies that will drive future climate action. I have been really thrilled to be part of this program because in addition to the typical climate advocacy lens that we see, we also need to focus on the tangible solutions to the climate crisis that can be implemented across the country, even across the world, and how to get those ideas across to regular people. Exactly. Real solutions that everyone can be a part of. What specific technologies are you interested in getting involved with? That's a great question. I'm still learning every day about new technologies, but something that I recently have become more interested in is sustainable building. So things like heat pumps and retrofitting the technology in buildings, solar panel installations, smart window technology. There's a lot of really cool developments in the building sector that people either do not know about or think that because they are sustainable, they're not going to be affordable, when the reality is that these are the technologies that will prevent your money loss in the next 10, 15 years. Incidentally, in episode four of the Everyday Climate Champion podcast, you can learn about making our buildings climate friendly through electrification and sustainability technologies. I understand you were recently inspired by Dolores Huerta and that intersection between climate activism and social justice. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. Back in December, Sunrise Silicon Valley was awarded the Human Agendas Award for Sustainability. At the event, the banquet that we were invited to, which was really incredible to attend, we could see so many amazing organizers who had been in the space for decades, who had done so much, changed lives. Dolores Huerta was the keynote speaker. It was really empowering. If anyone isn't familiar, Dolores Huerta was a labor rights activist from the 70s and 60s, along with Cesar Chavez, known for the saying, si se puede, which means yes, we can, as well as her very inspiring and rousing activism in the labor rights movement. Listening to her, I could feel the community that she had built and the community that she supported. She kind of mentioned about young activists, and my colleague and I were the only ones there at the time. So I, I'd like to think that, you know, she was kind of talking to us over there. But it was it was very cool. She was talking about how we should focus not only on striking and protesting, but also on policy, on community change. And that's something that I definitely think ties back into intersectionality. Climate justice is collective liberation. We cannot do this without everyone participating. And it's very important to acknowledge that the most underrepresented and marginalized groups are often the most impacted and the most harmed. 
In April 2021, the famed analytical philosopher Noam Chomsky said, The most gratifying thing is the work of the Sunrise Movement and many others who are carrying things forward in the face of severe difficulties, unflinching and moving forward on crucial challenges. That's gratifying. End quote. What has been your experience with the Sunrise Movement? That's a really lovely quote. The Sunrise Movement has been doing a really incredible thing, not only with climate advocacy and putting Green New Deal and climate liberation, climate justice on the table and making it a household name across the country, but also in empowering young people. I know so many people, myself included, who if we hadn't joined Sunrise, if we hadn't been introduced to this really cool group of people who are working to better the world and to create a better future, who probably wouldn't have gotten involved in advocacy. Aditi, can you tell us a little bit more about specific things that people can do with Sunrise Movement in Silicon Valley? Sure. We welcome everyone of any age to join the Sunrise Silicon Valley group. Although we are primarily high school and college students, we definitely have a lot of young adults and adults in our group. And most of our members are from around here. Places like San Jose, Palo Alto, Mountain View, Fremont, Gilroy, anything around here. We have three teams or branches, our political group, which works on endorsements and political advocacy and signing on to policies. And we also have our creative communications team, which works on the press, social media side of things, making climate awareness something interesting to young people everywhere. And we have our action team, which is a group that focuses on events, strikes, protests, marches, webinars, any sort of large action that people can get involved with. So with Sunrise, we do a lot of advocacy, but we also do a lot of tangible projects. We talk to students and teachers and we host strikes and protests. But I think the biggest thing has been the community that I've found. Being a teenager in the 2020s, it's a little different. Sometimes you just won't meet people who care about the future, who care about making a difference. I don't blame anyone for that. But being in Sunrise has also meant that I met so many like-minded individuals, people from all sorts of backgrounds who are trying to work towards climate liberation and who believe in the same morals and the same ideals that I have. Yes, the Sunrise Movement is a great way to get connected. As a side note, I wanted to add that the Climate Reality Project also offers many training and activism opportunities for youth and young adults interested in climate solutions. Frankly, I've never heard the term climate liberation before. I've heard a lot of climate blanks, you know, climate fight, climate action, but that's a great term. Climate liberation is a term that you'll hear pretty often in the climate advocacy movement. You'll usually hear it in the phrase, you know, climate justice is equivalent to collective liberation. And this kind of ties into Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s idea of no one is free until we are all free. And that is the idea that if we are to achieve climate justice, we may not leave anybody behind. We have to acknowledge that everyone needs to be brought together and we cannot leave behind certain groups because it seems convenient or because they are not at the forefront of the discussion. So what do you suggest to listeners for how they can also advocate? I think a great way to get started is to educate yourself on what policies are being brought to the table right now, what your local representatives and politicians are doing, and to reach out to them if you have any questions, qualms, concerns, suggestions. I realize that our local representatives are actually quite willing to listen to us. 
a big thing in this country and probably every single country is that we are very attuned to national politics, but not necessarily to local politics, because one of them is a lot catchier than the other and a lot more likely to make headlines. So people will know, oh, you know, Biden has his Inflation Reduction Act. Actually, most people won't even know that, but some people will know that, but they won't know much about what's going on here. Especially living in the Bay Area, there are a lot of climate groups, a lot of political advocacy groups that people can get involved with that I highly recommend they do. Most importantly, make your voice heard. I think that's a big thing. We're lucky in this country to have the chance to participate in the democratic process and to have our voices heard. We're not stifled in that manner. And we should take advantage of that opportunity. Bring climate justice and climate advocacy to the forefront of the public consciousness and make it a household topic. Beautifully said. Thanks again for your time today, Aditi. And thanks for showing us how to chip in. Thank you so much. It's been incredible being on here. Hey, listeners. Aditi has shared some great resources on how to get more involved. Please check out the show notes below for the links. For this episode of Everyday Climate Champions, the sound designer was Trevor Skirby, and the executive producer and editor was Dahlia Masachi. Music in this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Our full production team is listed below in the show notes. You've been listening to Everyday Climate Champions, presented by the Climate Reality Project's Bay Area chapter. If you know any local folks who would make great guests, please drop us an email. As climate reality founder and former U.S. Vice President Al Gore says, solving the climate crisis is within our grasp but we need people like you to stand up and act. To learn more, please visit climaterealitybayarea.org. See you next time.